from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Along with Brett Neese, Dennis Cox in studio for you here on 99.9 The Fan. Graham Hill producing us this afternoon. A lot of things to get into, including the Carolina Hurricanes beat down to the New Jersey Devils. The NFL schedule is starting to matriculate out towards us. Some NBA news, but some local news involving college basketball. Yeah. Let's get into it. The Daily Checkdown. Uh, this is something that I actually just saw a little bit ago. This is actually comes from, uh, in, in, in terms of transfer portal news. I'm actually just seeing this now for the first time. All right. uh, Neil Begovich, I'm really hoping saying this guy's right, is a transfer from Stanford University is going to be playing for Duke men's basketball this upcoming season. So Duke men's basketball didn't really have to go into the transfer portal much last season. There were a couple guys where Grandison uh, coming in as a transfer last year, but Duke didn't have any players enter the transfer portal. Now they've had a couple guys go to the NBA. Right. Uh, Derek Lively going to the NBA. Uh, Dariq Whitehead going to the NBA. Jeremy Roach is going to test the waters, but left things open to come back. But they didn't have anybody go to the NBA. So this is the first time – I'm sorry, go to the uh, to the transfer portal. So this is the first time we've actually seen Duke having to go into the transfer portal this season. And and John Shire building his roster from the inside out by bringing in freshmen mostly as opposed to building through the transfer portal. Yeah, it's a bit of a shock, actually, uh, that they, they got this guy, uh, Begovich. And uh, six foot nine, two hundred twenty-five pound forward, just adds to uh, Shire's list of guys that he can, you know, rotate through there. The way that he has, plays his uh, roster is—it's uh, interesting, and it's—it worked through the ACC tournament, ran out of steam in the, in the NCAA tournament. But we'll see if they can reload um, this offseason and. Give it another run. Now, he didn't really do a whole lot this past season uh, with Stanford. Only played in eight games. Did start a couple, uh, but didn't really do a whole lot for Stanford this past this past season. So, my guess is just a depth guy that will probably yeah, be on the bench. Veteran. But he yeah, does have a couple years of eligibility yeah. left, it appears. So, Duke does go into the transfer portal. Also, in terms of Duke basketball news, uh, Coach K is actually has a new role with the NBA. He's a advisor to basketball operations. So he'll be providing a lot of insight to not just the league and commissioner Adam Silver, but available to owners and executives around the league as well uh, in terms of just how things are run in the league. It's a great move. Uh, you know, he spent decades uh, at the, the college ranks and turned down NBA job after NBA job. And so it's an interesting move for sure. Uh, to see him do this, but I think it's a good one, and I think, like I said earlier in the show, having having coached these guys, the NBA mm-hmm. guys on Team USA, and having been around the NBA as long as he has ha- he has been, maybe not directly involved, it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the brings to the table. With, it means Coach K, right? At the end of the day, resume speaks for itself. That it does. All right, next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Speaking of the NBA and Duke, J.J. Redick interviewed for the Toronto Raptors job. Now, no guarantee that he's going to get the job, but I think it's kind of cool for a player who just retired a couple of seasons ago 
just about to turn 39, interviewing for a head coaching job. Now, I know there's a lot of people who have questions of, well, what are this guy's qualifications? Very valid questions. Has he coached in the NBA? No. Has he been an assistant around the league for a while? Has he been a past NBA head coach? No. Has he even been a G League head coach? No. (laughs) But this is a player who can relate to players in the NBA now about how the game is currently played. And I think he also just has the respect of people from around the league as well. That's what I was going to say. It's that respect factor, and it's that uh, ability to to come in, and, and it's a flashy name. In some ways, right? It's it's a splash if Toronto does end up offering him the, the gig, but it's it gives them that ability to build a culture from this generation's players and that perspective. And uh, I, I think it could be a good move. I could I think it could be successful if that's the road they want to take. It's Toronto. We'll We've see. seen we have seen in the NBA, and this is actually something we see in coaching nowadays is for example Mike Budenholzer was fired as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks just a couple years removed just actually just one One season removed from having won an NBA championship they also had the best record in the Eastern Conference this past season and he got canned so it shows you that the NBA is it's it's the wild wild west and we even see when it comes to coaching we're seeing that even the NHL is even worse. Yeah. Because look at Gerard Gallant yep. was the head coach the last two seasons in New York of, of the Rangers. They parted ways with him after this season. Now, something that Budenholzer as well as uh, Gallant in their respective respective fields both got bounced in the first round of the playoffs this year. Now, I will say this for Mike Budenholzer in the NBA of the Bucks, well. It's hard to win a series when when playoff Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat are going off, but also you're out your best player in Giannis Antetokounmpo for much of the series, and when he does come back, he's down 100%. Right. That makes things a little bit more difficult. Now, I know there were rumblings of him getting fired the even the year that they actually won the NBA title. There were rumblings of, eh, I might let him go, not super happy with him, then they win the NBA championship. But Gallant, the first year of the Vegas Golden Knights, gets to the Stanley Cup Finals. Last season, his first year with the New York Rangers, gets to the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's not like he hasn't had success, but it goes to show you that even if you have success, it's no guarantee that you're going to keep your job. Ownership wants to win now. They do, but I understand winning now, but if that was the case, if winning now was the mentality everywhere, then... 31 head coaches would be fired every year in the NBA yeah, or the in the NHL because NBA is 30 teams. So whatever, 29 NBA coaches would be fired every year. Right. 31 NHL coaches will be fired every year. 31 NFL coaches will be fired every year. 29 managers of baseball we fired every year if that was the case. So I get it. We, we want to win championships. I'm 100% all in on doing that, but there are other ways to measure success too. And unless, unless the situation, Nick Nurse getting fired a few years after winning an NBA title, well, you're not going to win an NBA title because you got rid of Kawhi Leonard when he was in his peak, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. There, I have a lot of questions about how front offices manage things in terms of coaches, but you got to make a good decision. But if you have a good one, keep it because yeah. they're not easy to find. They're not a dime a dozen. All right, next up.
The NFL schedule fully going to be released tomorrow. It has been, what's the word? Matriculating. Matriculating. They've been they've been teasing it, as I like to say. We get the international games. The five games are going to be played over in the UK. We also have the Black Friday game, first ever Black Friday game that we're going to have in the NFL with the schedule. It's going to be the Dolphins at the Jets because, of course, this is as soon as I saw that it's going to be the Jets. I already, I immediately had Aaron Rodgers fatigue already, and I don't even, I don't even talk about. You rolled your eyes, Rodgers. Yeah, I do. I roll my eyes. Like, great, can't wait to not watch that. I am at the point where I'm not going to even watch. I'm not even excited or even enticed to watch the Jets play because Aaron Rodgers is there. I'm not. I'm so tired of it. I'm so fatigued by him. That guy exhausts me. I don't want anything to do with that. So you know what I'm going to do on Black Friday? Not watch that game. I'll probably end up watching. You're going to watch the game. I'm probably watch a little bit of it. Yeah, that's okay. But something that's, that stuck out to me, we are going to get more games tomorrow. All right, again, the NFL released some games today. They're going to give us some tomorrow morning. Right. Full schedule release at 8 o'clock tomorrow night because we have to make it a big production. Well, and they only gave us one Christmas Day game so far. So far. All right. I'm I'm expecting more. Why? Well, the what's Giants, your what's your evidence? One? Giants and uh, Eagles at four thirty. Okay. Fourth, I mean, the Black Friday game is at three, so that that stands to reason it's a standalone. It's game, a standalone right? game, which is weird. A three o'clock NFL three o'clock game. game, but four thirty is your standard second slot when it comes to Thanksgiving Day games. Yep. When it comes to just the slate of Sunday. Yeah, that's usually own. the national game right, like the, for Fox or CBS. It's 1, 4, 30, 8 o'clock. Yep. So I'm expecting, as you are, two more games for Christmas Day, a full slate of NFL Christmas to match up against the NBA. Now, the now the NFL, recognizing that Christmas Day is on a Monday, you know what? We already have a Monday night game. No one's really working on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Who cares what the NBA is doing? Let's go ahead and dominate those time slots. Yeah. Because more people are going to watch the NFL on Christmas Day than they are going to watch the NBA. For sure. Simple as that. I get it. The NBA and Christmas Day, it's been a thing for a long, long time. But more people are going to tune in to watch the NFL. This is called what it is. Yeah. Well, and, the, and, and it's interesting that they gave the 430 game, right? And on a day that is a Monday. Yes. That historically... Has Monday night football, regardless mm-hmm. if it's a Christmas, Christmas Eve. So that stands to reason why we're under the belief that there's two more Christmas Day games. At least one. At least one. The 8 o'clock game. And then beyond that, I would expect a 1 o'clock game. We have not seen anything regarding the Carolina Panthers yet. Wouldn't that be fun to watch them on Christmas? Yes. I would like that. I'm sure they'll have a Christmas Eve game. Obviously, because well, yeah, it's a Sunday. Sunday. It's a Sunday. But, but at that point in the regular season, we also have no college football that you're competing with. There's no college football playoff going on at that point. There, obviously, there are bowl games taking place, but there's no conference championship games that you're competing with. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see the NFL stack at least three games on Saturday, the 23rd. Yep. Stack a bunch of games, obviously, on Sunday, the 24th, and then yep. three games again on uh, Christmas Day itself. That's gonna be a wild week. I think the pair. I think the Panthers are gonna have at least two primetime games. We'll have one Thursday game because everyone plays one Thursday game. But I think we're gonna have 
at least a couple with Bryce Young being the number one overall pick. That's what I'm predicting. All right, let's get to the next thing. And I don't even care who number two is. So something that you pointed out to me earlier today, the Carolina Hurricanes, we're going to get into betting lines. We're going to get into the game here in just a moment. But the betting lines for Carolina going into the playoffs, they were a 12, plus 1,200 yeah, to win the Stanley Cup. Now, for those who don't know what a plus 1,200 means, on a betting line, if you see someone has or a team has a plus odds, in this case, plus 1,200 for the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup. If you were to make a $100 bet on the Canes to win the Stanley Cup, if that were to come to fruition, you would have won $1,200. Get your 100 bucks back, plus 1,200 more. Right. That's how it works. Right. Those odds have shifted well, those majorly. Yeah, that's not even close anymore. Now, we're the favorite. The Canes, the Canes right are now the are the favorite to win the Stanley Cup at plus 275. That's where things stand right now, plus 275, which is, is still a good value because yeah. it's, plus, it's money plus money if you're into sports betting. But the national media may not like the Carolina Hurricanes, but Vegas, Vegas does. does, and the sports books love the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, and I think they're respecting the fact that it's the second-best team in the regular season dominating – New Jersey, who was the third best team in the regular season. Don't forget that New Jersey's not a team to sleep on. No. So that's why it's so impressive that the Canes have beat down the Devils in three of the four games so far. It's a good team. It's a good team on the other side of the ice. Well, the New Jersey Devils finished only one point back in the regular season from the Carolina Hurricanes. The Canes had to win their final game to win the division. Yeah, over top of the New Jersey Devils. Devils had third best points in the NHL this season. And you know what? They don't even look in the same league right now, which gives us to our number one thing today. Canes put the smack down on the Devils. I loved every minute of it, except those first five minutes when yeah. Carolina was trailing one nothing, and Brett Pesci had a, a, a uh, turnover yeah. from the corner. And I was thinking, oh, God, it's game three all over again. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. And Rob Brindamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, spoke to the media yesterday, obviously after the game, and was talking about how Brett Pesci and the team as a whole did a good job of refocusing and coming back in the game. Yeah, it didn't start the way we wanted to, but you know, the guys do a good job of refocusing all the time, all, all year. We've done that. So, tough tough start. They capitalized on a mistake we made, and that's what they do. So, we got you know, we limited that was the rest of the game, and that was the key. And a guy who had a big role in that was Jordan Martinook. Jordan Martinook had a goal and two assists yesterday. In this series alone, he has three goals and six assists, nine points in four games in this series against the Devils. Here's Rob Brindamore, our Martinook's performance. I mean, he's played well all year. I think uh, it's one of those players that a lot of times doesn't get a lot of recognition of the work he puts in. And, you know, it's just it's the nature of the game. We always look at guys who score and put up points, and they're the guys who get all the talk. And yet these other guys that do all the work sometimes get kind of forgotten. And, I don't think it's games changing at all. People that watch him all the time, it's just the puck going in right now. But he, he gets chances all every night. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see a guy like that now. That we're talking about him because he is such a big part of our group. It's those role players. Yeah, 
It's those role players that have stepped up, and they've had to step up. Well, yeah, when you lose three guys during the course of the regular season and playoffs that were supposed to be top six forwards for you in Pacioretty, in Svechnikov, and Tara Vinen, yeah, that changes things a lot for your team. So it has to go into your depth a little bit. Guys do have to step up on the aggregate to kind of fill that void. And Rob Brindamore actually, I believe, earlier today in his media availability on what stands out about the depth of the team right now. I think it's more a testament to just the, the overall the group and the guys that we have left here. You know, like, it's, yeah, listen, the facts are we're missing some pieces, but that doesn't change anybody's job what we had to do. It might give guys more opportunity, but, you know, we, we got a, a way we want to do things, and next guy comes in, he's expected to do it that way. So when we, when we have that kind of group effort, we're, we're a good team. And it goes to show you as well that no matter who's in the lineup, they don't change how they play. No. No, it's next man up. Mm-hmm. It's next man up. They continue to, to find their game. It's, like you said, took five minutes to find that Yeah, last night. But once they do, once they build on that and once they do, it's a, it's a train that's not stopping. Not, not stopping. Not stopping. And that train was not stopping there in the second period. Carolina put up five goals in the second period, including four in a five-minute and 20-second stretch. Now, Lindy Ruff, the New Jersey Devils head coach. Hey, what went wrong there in the second period, Lindy? Tell, please tell us. It is a hard one to explain. Um, that's about as poorly we've skated and supported the puck in any game this year. Um. You know, I thought McLeod line gave us good shifts with puck support and um, hard to give up a goal late in a period. But can't let that bother you. Got to keep playing. He sounds exhausted. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would I mean, of course you are after a 6-1 beatdown, but come on. I mean, here's the thing that stood out to me about that. Just the, the what he said there in that clip was. One of the worst games they've skated all season long. And this is a moment, an opportunity after the offensive output that you had in game three, just two days prior. Hey, guys, one more game, one win right here, and it's an even series, and it's a completely different thing going forward. Hey, we're back 2-2. It's back even. And that's the performance that you put up? I mean, that's bad. Now, Lindy Ruff, in all three losses this season, has had to pull – his goalie. Yeah. All right. It was Akira Schmidt in games one and two. Had to get yanked. Yep. Van- Vitek Vanacek comes in. Vitek Vanacek starts games three and four. Game four in that beatdown. Vanacek, sorry, cuz, get out of here. Because you're you're not doing anything. Neither, I mean, granted, the team in front of him wasn't playing that well. But here's Lindy Ruff kind of assessing the goaltending in the loss. I'll have to take a look. But, you know, really, when you look at how we played, and you look at what we gave up, um, I, I don't think we should point the finger at the goaltender. Hmm. There's a lot of other places to look. I don't know, even know if you'd give us a fabulous effort, an unbelievable effort, um, because we didn't skate well enough to really generate anything after that first period. I agree. Yeah, I agree with him. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a defender of goalies. That's, okay. that's my Fair. favorite I position. That. I love the goalie position. And if you take a look at the numbers, I mean, Dougie Hamilton and Luke Hughes did not have a very good game. No. They Dougie's been 
Very absent in this series. Both minus three yesterday. Severson and Siegenthaler are also minus two. I mean, the defense around Vitek Vanacek yesterday, I mean, they hung him out to dry on a few of those goals. They did. Now, during that stretch, a lot of people were wondering after the third or fourth goal, why wasn't Vanacek pulled I wondered the in same. favor of Schmid? Well, Lindy Ruff, why? Well, why? Why did you want him bench in the first place? What do you want him bench for? I, I don't... Uh... Um, I, I just explained that I didn't think it was about goaltending. So it's not about benching a player. Um, we spent a lot of time just our group talking about who the goaltender should be and the way V, you know, he shut him out late in the season, won the previous game. Um, even if I pull him at three or four, do you think that, I don't know if that makes a difference. We can all have hindsight if you want. If you want to criticize me for that, you're more than welcome to criticize. That's my decision. Little contentious there from Lindy Ruff. Now, I will say this. Lindy Ruff actually, after game one, when Akira Schmidt got pulled, Carolina won that game 5-1. Mm-hmm. I was in the post-game presser. Yeah, what did you ask him? I was in there. I was waiting uh, to, to hear from Rob Brindamore and Kane's players. Mm-hmm. Lindy Ruff was in there. I was like, all right, I'll ask a question. I'm here in the press conference. Yeah. Why not? So they were asking about Schmidt. Now, Akira Schmidt, their rookie goalie, Came in in the Rangers series and was fantastic. Was 4-1 and one in the Rangers outs. series. Had a couple shutouts. Had a goals against of 1-3-8. Had a save percentage of 9-5-1. Was phenomenal in that series. Yeah. But did not look good in game number two. I'm sorry, in game one. Got pulled. And he was asked about Schmid multiple times. And I asked the question, do you go back to Schmid in game two? Just simple yes or no. You know, you can just, say, I don't know. Yeah, you can say, there's, well, then he kind of, he, he laughed. He didn't kind of, he just, he stared at me for a moment, about two seconds, then laughed and chuckled at me. And he goes, that's a good question for tomorrow. I was like, okay, that's fine. And a lot of people kind of looked at me like, wow, you actually had the the uh, the cojones, the huevos to ask that question. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I did. Why not? It's a valid question. Sure enough, Schmidt gets shellacked in game two. He gets yanked in that 6-1 loss. And like Vanacek played great after that either. And I even said this a couple of days ago. I even said it yesterday with Vanacek. They, Kane still scored four in game number three. Even though they lost that game, they still scored four. And this is Vanacek playing with the lead mm-hmm. most of that game. And three of those goals were shorthanded. And Kane still scored four. So, yeah, when people start questioning about your goaltending, those are the kind of questions you're going to get. So, you well, might and get it's upset. It's a fair question because after uh, in game one, he pulled Schmidt after only three goals. Yeah, he pulled Schmidt after three. And so, I think, why'd you wait for five? Yeah, why, exactly. Why'd you wait for five? You know, also, a lot of people were wondering maybe you should have done it when you called your timeout there in the second period. That didn't work because Canes ended up scoring just a couple more right after that. Yep. Go figure. Now, talking about the guys in front, you mentioned Dougie Hamilton, former Carolina Hurricane. I love Dougie. Mm-hmm. Dougie's a, a, a great guy. He Dougie really is. He has been noticeably absent in this series and overall he's a minus nine wow in the playoffs wow in the four games of this series zero goals zero assists a minus eight minus eight dougie hamilton is in this series for the new jersey Devils. so yeah when lindy ruff says it ain't just about goaltending it's the guys in front It's true.
It is. It's been the guys in front. And give all credit to Carolina. I think, remember correctly, New Jersey in the first period, I think had 10 shots. Mm-hmm. They only had 22 for the game. Mm-hmm. Carolina just locked it down. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 